Welcome to Christian Medical and Dental Association's Chapel. We trust this message will encourage your walk with the Lord. Today I want to, I'm going to be starting a, I'm going to do something similar to what Dr. Chuff and others have done is I'll, I'll be starting a series. There'll be three talks and it's on hope called Anchored by Hope. And this idea of hope is something that I've been thinking through and I think in this day and age, we all probably think through it quite a bit. Um, you know, if you read the newspaper, you don't have to really you know, turn on the TV very long, read a newspaper, if there's still newspapers out there, look on the internet, and you see a world that's filled with despair, fear, isolation. The, the headlines remind us of all the challenges. We were just talking, Ian and I were talking about the uh, cell phones that just went out today, uh, the whole the network, a bunch of them, and and just how fragile our networks are that, you know, it really wouldn't take much for things to go down. In fact, there was a, oh, I forget the name of the movie, it was uh, Barack Obama and, and uh, made it on Netflix, The World, something, something. It's about, uh, Manny, I'm looking at you because I think, you got to know this movie. Leave, leave the world behind, that's right. Yeah, and they, they go away and they're, the whole world falls apart, the satellites stop working and you know, they have to figure out how, how, how they're going to communicate and live and, and so forth. You know, we deal with wars and, of course, the things that are happening in the Middle East just seem to get from bad to worse. I was just actually, the, the Houthis, you know, just when you think there's, an, you know, we have enough things to worry about, there's a group of people who, who are coming at us, uh, the Houthis, and they, uh, they're using, I'm hearing they're using underwater drones now. Uh, to, to attack ships. Just when you thought it was uh, bad enough, it, get, it seems like it just gets worse. Underwater drones. Um, disease, sickness. Dise disease and sickness. Uh, certainly coming out of COVID, uh, realizing just the amount of anxiety and isolation and despair and, 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 and all those things. But, you know, it's just, we're confronted with it every day. I was just... Um, getting an update uh, from some friends about the uh, young, I don't know if you heard about the young girl, 13-year-old, uh, died of flu and strep down in Johnson City. A couple of days, she was gone. Now the family is mourning her loss and trying to cope with the grief. We deal with riots and injustice, and, and we live in an age of anxiety, polarization, financial instability. We mourn the breakdown of our cultural institutions and our values. Trust in institutions is at an all-time low. They're eroded. We don't, we don't trust those institutions or the people who lead those institutions very much anymore. And so as a consequence, we're feeling lost. We resort to addictive behavior, self-harm become lonely, become isolated, we become fearful. And you can just kind of taste it. It's, it's in the air so often, you know, that's in conversations or, again, as you, as you absorb media and other communication and information, you just get a sense that people just can't make sense of the world. We used to be able to make sense of it and just can't make sense of it anymore. So I... Think about this idea of hope. How much do we need hope in days like these? How much do we need to be anchored to it, cling to it, 
rest in it more than ever. But what is hope? Because we talk about hope, and it's used in our modern vernacular. We, we talk about hope, but we talk, the way we talk about hope in our culture is a lot different than the way the Bible talks about it. So I want to kind of do a deep dive on what is biblical hope? And that's going to be the first of three talks. And then it's going to, you know, I'm going to touch on a couple of things that I'm going to leave for some of the other two talks. Uh, this one is uh, Hope Unveiled, Why Christian and Biblical Hope Matters. Talk two will be Hope Transforms, Living in the Power of Christian Hope, and then Hope Perseveres, How Hope Helps Us Finish the Race Well. Now, unlike any kind of sermon you're going to hear at church that they're going to come week after week, back after, you know, back to back, uh, these are going to be spread. This is going to be like a long fuse. <laughs> probably by October, I'll probably get to the last one. And then you'll have to, then you'll be forced to remember everything I said. What's that? I know, I'll do a review. Please send notes, okay. Yeah, take, the, take notes, please. Uh, all right, so what is hope? Again, the word hope is used in the Bible, depending on the translations, uh, it's over 100 times you'll see it, Old and New Testament. So hope is spread throughout the scriptures. And of course, again, like I said, we use hope in our everyday conversation. But in the way we use it, it's often, you know, it's kind of associated with uncertainty. You know, I hope it won't rain today, you know. We really don't know. We don't have a lot of control. We're not even sure, but, you know, we're... We just hope, we wishful thinking, and it has, again, that uncertainty with it. Not sure if it will happen, but I hope it does. And that's the way we culturally use this word, but the Bible talks about it in a completely different way. Biblical hope, Christian hope, is a completely different word. So, what is biblical hope? Well, Let's get started and look at it just in the Old Testament as we begin. You know, you look at Hebrew, and now this is going to be, going to be our Hebrew lesson for the day. And I had to go back to my tools because it's been a while since I've taken Hebrew in seminary, so I don't have these, this locked down. But in Hebrew, the word for hope is tikva. That's the transliteration, tikva. And uh, Strong defines tikva as three things, has three definitions, cord, expectation, and hope. Now listen, cord, like a rope or thread, expectation and hope. Those are kind of odd things. To, to, same word, different meanings. It has a literal and a figurative, almost, almost an abstract meaning. It comes from the Hebrew word kava, which means to bind together. So you get this idea of rope and cord in tikva as well as hope. Now how is that? How does that work? You know, in English, we, we talk about hope, it is, it is abstract, but Hebrew provides a strong and tangible, visible kind of picture of hope by talking about it as a cord. And it talks about it, in, if you look at uh, Joshua, chapter 2, and we're going to do that in just a minute, of how this connection between tikva as a cord can kind of uh, give us an idea and a picture of hope. So... If you have your Bibles, you can turn there to Joshua 2, follow along. But you know the story. The spies are, you know, the nation of Israel gets to go into the land as promised. Of course, it's not just being, you know, they're not just sending out the welcome mat. There's going to be a lot of work that's going to be required to take over this land. 
that God has promised, and Jericho is smack dab, right? One of their first obstacles, things that they've got to trust God for, and they sent some spies into the city to kind of get a sense of what's going on and how, how they can uh, approach this, and these spies are being uh, helped by Rahab. Rahab takes them into her house, she hides them, she uh, supports them, and gives them then the opportunity to eventually escape. And in the course, they're realizing that although they may, the Israelites might be scared and intimidated about this obstacle, Jericho, these great walls and the city that they're going to have to take, the people in the city are really more terrified. They're trembling. They're worried. They're anxious. And Rahab, in, in the course of conversation with the spies, sets them down on a rope to escape out her window, and there's this conversation that takes place in Joshua 2, 17, 18. It says, the men said to her, Rahab, we shall be free from this oath to you which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land you tie this cord, tikvah, a scarlet thread, in the window through which you led us down and gather to yourself into the house your father and your mother and your brothers and your father's household. That's, 30, that's uh, Joshua two seventeen through 18. And then continuing on to verse 21. She said, according to your words, so be it. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord, the tikvah, in the window. So, we see this word being used literally. Here in Hebrew, tikvah is used in the literal sense of a cord or a thread. But it also, this is kind of cool, it, it also reveals a figurative picture of hope. The scarlet thread was Rahab's hope. It was her only guarantee that her household would be spared by the Israelites. Though the physical cord has been tied to ensure their safety, Rahab also still had to wait for the realization of the spy's promise. This tikvah accord was her hope. Tikvah being a bound cord, rope, or thread is something we can grasp a hold of with our hands. And so it is with hope. See, hope is not just something ethereal, wishful. Biblical hope is something we can hold on to, we can cling to, we can grasp hold of because it is the object of our hope. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Hope is not just something merely abstract or out of reach. Hope is something real that we can certainly cling to. So, what is biblical hope? Well, just like the idea of a cord, a line, a thread, which is a collection of fibers twisted together to make a strong, firm cord. Hope almost has three threads. So when you think about hope, think about these three things that make up what is biblical hope. The first is desire, secondly an object, and then third an expectation. So how do these three pieces play out? The first, prompted by desire, hope looks around and assesses that something or someone could be better than it is. That something or someone is now broken. Hope desires something different. If things were as perfect as they could be, you wouldn't need hope. 
But hope desires something different. We, we look around, we say, this is not the way it's supposed to be. We desire something more different. So there's desire. And then hope always has an object. It is the thing you bank your hope on. You ask the object of your hope to fix what is broken or to deliver what is desire, desired or needed. And then third, hope has an expectation. This is what you ask the object of um, this is what you ask the object of your hope to give you. What you hope the object of your hope will deliver. Expectation oftentimes then accompanies waiting. What Rahab had to do. Wait. Waiting and hope are very closely linked. Psalm th- uh, 62 5 says, Oh, my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. So those three things make a biblical hope. Desire, an object, and expectation. Now, for us, as we think about desire, again, early on I said, you know, we live in a broken world. We see it, the evidence of it every single moment of every single day. We don't need a lot of convincing that this is not the way it was intended to be. Our desire is for something more. Maranatha, come, Jesus, come quickly, come. I love the C.S. Lewis quote, a talk is never truly an official talk unless there's a C.S. Lewis quote. (laughs) If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, some of you could probably finish this quote, you've heard it, that most probable explanation is that we were what? Made for another world. So, our desire, what are our desires? What do we hope for? What are we fixing our desires on? What, is, what are we fixing upon? What is the object of our hope? Going back to Psalm 62, starting in verse five yet again. Oh my soul, wait in silence for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Verses five through eight. The object is God, our heavenly father, and in what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. I guess it's now been 20, about 20 years ago, I kind of had a crisis of faith. Spent a lot of time, energy, made a bunch of sacrifices to kind of redirect the trajectory of our family, made a move, invested money in education, did, had an intent to go in a certain direction, given the, the hope the expectation that new opportunities would open up. And I was told by people close to me that this is the right thing to do. This is going to be a blessing. You're going to, opportunities are going to open up for you in, in, in certain ministry opportunities that I was preparing myself for, training myself for, opening myself up for, and the doors just closed. And I was on a trajectory and I was hitting a brick wall. And all the things I had put my expectations on, my hopes, my dreams, 
all the work I was doing, embarrassed because all the people I was telling, this is going to happen, this is where I'm headed, this is the direction I'm going. All of a sudden, nothing. It was not panning out whatsoever. And it was God stripping away what I've realized is a lot of idolatries in my life, in my heart. Things that I was putting my affection on, my trust into. And the Lord just, I could just hear him speaking to me as, in a very tangible way, as, as just crying out to him, like, why? Why are you doing this? What is happening? And I can remember him just saying, you know, if I strip everything away, if I remove everything, if I take everything from you, am I enough? Am I enough? I had to really do some heart work and say, yes, Lord, you are enough. Yes, as hard as that is, as difficult as that is, you are enough. You are the object of my trust. You are the object of my hope. You are worthy of my trust, and you are worthy of my hope. And that is why hope in the Bible is something tangible. It's something rooted. It's something we can grab onto. It's not ethereal. It's not wishful. Because it's rooted in our marvelous and wonderful God, in Jesus Christ. The object of our hope is Jesus Christ and his redemptive work. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The object of our hope is a God who is faithful and unchanging in his nature. Hebrews 10.23, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He is faithful. Even when we're faithless. But he is faithful. The assurance of salvation through Christ. Romans 5, 1, 2, 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And the indwelling spirit is the object and source of our hope. Romans fifteen thirteen, which I'll reference in just a minute. So you have our desire, the object, and then the last of this, this three, three threads of hope is our expectation. Our expectation, looking ahead, waiting. And we are in a waiting place. Theologians talk about this time in, in the kingdom of God. You know, when, when Christ came, died, buried, and rose again, and to heaven, kingdom of God begun has been inaugurated God is working his plans out through his church in significant and meaningful ways but it's not fully realized is it and that's the tension we feel it's not consummated yet we are still waiting you know we just we're in a Lenten season now we just came out of Advent and we really are in a second Advent we are at a moment where we're waiting our Savior, who came first as a lamb, who laid down his life, will come yet again, but this time as a lion, who will restore all things. 
so we are in this now. We have the kingdom of God is now. We have the power of the kingdom through the work of the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus ruling and reigning on high. The kingdom is now, but it's, it's not yet. There's still work to be done. And of course, we know what that work is to see the redeeming work continue to happen in people's lives. But we live in that tension. And there is that waiting. And we're going to talk about that in one of the other talks about how does hope help us to persevere? Because when you look at a lot of the, the letters written, they were written to oftentimes persecuted churches and people who needed the encouragement of, of hope, of an expectant hope to carry on, to persevere, to keep going, to stay faithful, remain steadfast. And we need that too because we're running a race. Not a sprint, it's a marathon. We're running it. We want to run and we want to finish faithful. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. And it's sad to, to watch. You see these, they're called deconstruction. People deconstructing their faith. Um, it's not a guaranteed thing. Oh, we have, okay, we're going to finish well. We, we're persevering because of what Christ and his work of grace upon our lives. But it is the hope, it is, it's the object of our hope in Jesus Christ that we trust. So, true and lasting hope is never found horizontally. It's always found vertically at the feet of the Messiah the one who is hope. So, next time, whenever that is in the calendar, whenever Carol sends me that email, which I, I always fear I'm going to miss and then forget, and then I'm going to, you, you, you know, you have that dream when you show up to class, you're showing up to class in the dream and there's an assignment and you don't, or a test and you're not prepared for it. Yeah, that lingers, that lingers. Talk two would be hope transforms, living in the power of Christian hope. We'll talk about that next, and then hope perseveres, how hope helps us finish the race well. But let me end with that verse. It's a benediction that I often like to give. It is Romans 13, or pardon me, 15, 13. So receive this as our closing prayer, as our benediction, as we end our time. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.